This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCube, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Over the past decade, the Cyril Ramaphosa Foundation has had a remarkable impact on the people and communities in which it works. Through dedication, collaboration, and a commitment to creating positive change, the incredible foundation continues to build on previous achievements to create a South Africa we can all be proud of. The executive director of the foundation, Chantal Oerstezen, has joined me in studio today and brought two students along with her to chat about what this foundation means, is the president there every day i don't even know and i'm excited to bring this episode to you of a good things guy jackpot chantal welcome back in studio thank you so much brent it's great to be here and with two of my students my absolute absolute adorable students i love all of them they're like children to me but it's very good to be here thank you before we um, speak to the students i need to understand what does the foundation do because it's got our president's name is it something he started when he became president what does it do first of all i appreciate that you've asked that brent because it's it's actually a little bit of a, a complex story but the Cyril Ramaphosa Foundation has been in existence. In fact, we are celebrating our 15th year this year. So we've been in existence for 15 years. However, the Education Trust, Cyril Ramaphosa Education Trust, we like to call it CRET, we've been ex in existence for 23 years or so. The whole trust or the education side of this started 23 years ago when Cyril used to give some talks. He was the Secretary General at that time, and he was asked to give some talks and the more he traveled giving talks, people would approach him and say, please help us to study. We just want to study. And he decided to start charging for his talks and he donated that money to supporting students. He formalized the whole education trust a couple of years after that. And so today we've been going for a long time. We carry the name, absolutely. But a lot of people think that this foundation was set up just because he became president. Not at all. Well, I, I mean, I'd, I'd heard of the foundation before because of his wife, who is a part of the foundation as well, if I'm correct. She is a part of the foundation, yes. She doesn't sit on our board, but she's very active with our students and supports students with all of her heart also. What are we doing to support students? Well, I think that we could talk about that endlessly. But, you know... We identified the need a number of years ago. Look, we pilot things all the time. We identified the need a number of years ago that students need a lot more than just for their tuition to be paid. We have an incredible dropout rate of first years. Um, I think that it's a, over 60% of first years dropout. And that, that's not your students, that's across the board. That's across the board. So there's absolutely no return on investment. And the fact is, is that just supplying tuition and accommodation, there are so many challenges that students face. So we started offering holistic support a number of years ago. And I think that we just grow on that holistic support all the time. So whether it was mentorship, whether it is well-being, we do so much training, but I mean, I'd let the students speak more on that. But it is, I think that is the biggest thing for students. It's a challenging world out there and they need more. And I mean, that's what I like to speak to corporates about is that you don't understand that by giving a little bit, it doesn't have to be financial. 
providing a little bit of mentorship, an opportunity to spend a day in the office, an internship, whatever it is, is so significant to the youngsters and the youth in our country. What I love is when we started this conversation, the key word that stood out for me is our. You said we've brought some of our students. And it looks like, first and foremost, you have a passion for this foundation. And secondly, you have a love for the students, which I think is absolutely lovely. How long have you been with the foundation? This is my ninth year with the foundation. I'm quite proud of that. Never had a job for longer than two and a half years beforehand. And I came, I saw, I fell in love and I've never left, really. So... Yeah, I've traveled a journey with a lot of them. It's not about, you know, I mean, we know what the the student journey is. So I haven't started in year one and left them in year three. I've seen graduates. I've seen them traveling. And seen people, I'm sure, give back. I'm sure there's there's some good stories of South Africans that have been through this program and realized what it's meant to them. And then they give back, right? We have a phenomenal rate. And in fact... And Tadiso sitting beside me will speak a little bit about what he's done. I am constantly blown away by what our students are doing. And sometimes I'm not even aware of it. But, I mean, we've got about 18 or so of them who have set up their own NPOs, who are doing their own things out there. Um, They give back on incredible levels. Tadiso is very, very involved in mentorship for young students, but I'd love for him to share some of that. Well, hand over the mic. Stop talking. I think you're hogging it. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Thank you. All right. So our two students we have in studio, if you could just introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Tadiso Chiloni. I'm from Krat. Where do you study? I study in the University of Johannesburg. I'm doing my second year in education. All right. And I'm next to you is Mpo. Mpo, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. My name is Mpo and I'm a final year student at WITS studying towards an LLP. But uh, last year I did graduate for my first degree, a BA. My a mouth is hanging <laughs> open. You got, you get, you're getting your second degree? Yes. That's incredible. So in the first one I majored in psychology and law. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what are you planning to, to go into if you have two degrees to choose from? Definitely law. Definitely law? Yeah. What is your passion? I'm passionate about... Um, when it comes to law, like what is the passion behind the... My passion is that I want to use, I think, what we have the most powerful tool, the constitution, to bring about a positive change in our societies and just to create a South Africa in which everyone's rights can be realized. So I think I plan on doing that in various ways, whether it be through legislation changes or policy changes or anything like that. I feel like I'm sitting across from the next Tuli Madonsela. I feel it. <laughs> a passion for South Thank Africa. You. I and receive. A... I receive it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Soro Ramaphosa Foundation and how you got involved and how they helped you. Okay, so I joined the CRET program in 2015, well, late 2015, and I've been with them since then. Um, What I can say is that in addition to providing financial assistance, they've given me support that goes beyond just academic related stuff you know i have a family with credit and with a family comes with support you know through the celebrating your wins with you and you know the bring you up when you you lose or through your downfalls also like any family they've instilled very core values that i will definitely take on with me such as inspiration you know so that's when we give back to our communities through various projects so i have been involved in sort of like career guidance stuff so recently we went to waverly girls in johannesburg and we were helping the girls with applications for universities and just giving them a talk about varsity and what they can expect and then before that we went to lancia vale school in el dorado park which was a 
it was an eye-opening experience because it made me realize how far as a country we need to go with our education system. You know, I mean, we're speaking to grade 11 students who had no idea about what they wanted to do in the future. Some of them did not want to go to varsity. Some of them did not want to continue with school. So I think that really put me in a position where just to be cognizant of the current situation in our country. I think I'm going to interrupt for a second okay. because I did a bit of charity work with a company called Boys and Girls Town mm. in Soweto. And I helped some of the kids there get ready for job interviews mm. and helped them with their CVs and, and sort of just got them prepped, you know. Mm. Um, they're finishing school. Uh, they might not be going to varsity. They're going to have to go for these jobs. And the biggest thing that I realized is that a lot of the children were not self-aware. There's no self-awareness about what my skills are. There's no self-awareness about what opportunities are there in front of me. Mm. And I think speaking to you, it's such a a breath of fresh air to know that there's young minds that are being leaders for children who might not have these skills, opportunities or knowledge. And I just want to commend you for taking that on and doing it. I think it's lovely. Thank you. I mean, I grew up in Soweto, so... Really, there wasn't a lot of people I could look up to as a source of inspiration. So I had to find that through other ways, whether it be through, you know, my mom's colleagues or my friend's mother or anything like that. So I think a lot of a lot of young people who don't have the opportunities that I had, they don't have those role models. They don't have people to look up to. So then it's very difficult for them to look within themselves and compare themselves to that person. You know, if you have a role model, I think a role model can do a lot of things to a child. You know, they can look up to them and look within themselves at the same time and see, what can I do to get there? So if you don't have that, you don't get that opportunity to look within yourself and you know, trying to figure out who you are and what you want and where you want to go. I've only just met you and I've only just met my, my UJ colleague here. Um, I also went to UJ when it was still called Rao, Rans Afrikaans Universiteit, back in the day. I'm giving away my age. But I must say, if I can say anything, it's that the students that are part of this Cyril Ramaphosa Foundation, clearly you are role models. And that excites me. Tell me a little bit about your story. So you're studying education. Yes, I'm studying education. It's my second year. I started in 2018. So I moved from high school looking for funding because, yes, I'm from a township school in Midlands. So from there, the idea was to go to varsity. And in my head, it kept on coming up to say, how are you going to get to varsity? Luckily, I was part of the Adopted School Foundation, which is under the Sir Ramaphosa Foundation too. So I kind of called in and then they said, I can apply. I applied and I got the varsity, a relief of my life. Yes. Because more than anything, Credit is an amazing puzzle scheme because it's more it's not more of education. Yes, they try and make sure that we get our degrees, but then they become mothers, parents to us, and they let you open up. Growing up in a township as a guy, you know how we grown up to be this tough people. You can't open up about your emotions, but the moment you get to credit, you are able to open up to Chantelle, able to open up to Edlis. Simple and it's it's a nice conversation. You feel like you can open up to them. And it's more over education. They even offer you other activities. So they've identified now that for us to get degrees, there are other external factors that are going to come in and plunge on you. So then they come and give you counseling. They get us counseling. We currently doing an, a process of getting license. So they've been helping us get our learners driver's license. So we're going over all that process from learners to drivers. And they've been so patient with us. And they actually even allow us to open up to ourselves and 
unleash our potential. Because well, I can see that. I can see that. Tell me, did anybody in your family before um, get the opportunity to go to varsity? No, I'm actually the first one to go to varsity. And what, what is that like for your family to see the first person going through varsity? You're in second year and you're clearly doing well and you're on your way to getting your degree. What is that like for your family? It is actually an amazing experience for them. A quite emotional one for my mother because I'm the second born. I've had a brother who finished metric but couldn't get the opportunity to go to varsity. So the moment I passed, then I told her that I've gotten funding. I have funding, I have everything. It was an emotional experience for her because I'm the first child. So throughout all the year, I'm in second year, she's like treating me like an egg for some reason. I don't understand if <laughs> she's not, if she doesn't treat me like an egg, I'll feel I don't understand, but I'm letting her be. Yes. I'm just letting her be and enjoy the experience. And moreover, I'm more motivated too to make her proud. But then I remember there was a conversation I had with Chantel to tell her that I'm on a mission to make her proud. And then she said to me, as much as you want to make your mother proud, remember it's all about you first. Yeah. If you're going to be successful and get the degree and everything, it rubs in on everyone. As much as the energy at Cred rubs in on us, the giving back energy, it has literally rubbed in on all of us to that extent. I, for one, I'm doing education. I've been passionate about education ever since. I've gotten critiques saying education. Is, where does that come from? So let me... Let me paint it this way being a teacher is a tough job being an educator is a really really tough job and a really really important one as well i'm going to be so cliche children are the future and um, we need to give them the skills and give them the resources to become the leaders of tomorrow and i think being an educator is a very tough task but a, an important one so what is it about education that got you into wanting to study it yes everybody has this negative attitude over education to say I mean it's a tough job it is, it, if you see like how some of the kids treat teachers yes. um, we've seen videos pop up on social media it's a tough task to go into a classroom or a lecture hall and want to do the best job you can possibly do when you're working with kids that might not have the same circumstances and they're quite diverse so I fully understood so yeah it is a quite tough job to do but I've always said it's within you so if you want to go into your class, you got to be willing to accommodate everyone. You got to be willing to know now that it's not about you. You're going to be shaping some people's futures. So this inspiration, I didn't wake up and wanted to be a teacher. I've always wanted to be a businessman and drive a fancy car <laughs> because, wow, they drive big cars and very beautiful cars. But then as I progressed through my grading levels and I got to grade 11, I had this one teacher. He lived in the same society I lived in. The way he used to interact with us, you would not even think he's a teacher. So when he came to class, the energy he brought to class was the kind of energy to say, guys, I'm on your level, but then we need to learn. So that energy rubbed in on me to say, I can do change. I can do the same thing. And it's, it looks interesting, but then let me see what is behind it. So when I did more research, a lot of people were like, they don't pay. Teachers don't have money. And then I got to learn more about it to realize it's not about money. It's about shaping the future. I've always told people that education is the mother of all professions. So when you go to class, you're actually becoming a parent, a teacher, a motivator, and people look up to you. So how we carry ourselves and how we go into coming to your class and give out that content, it has to be in a more inspirational and more upmarket level of a person.
does this teacher that inspired you, do they know that, that you chose this career path because of them? He actually doesn't know. I think it's so important that you tell him. <laughs> I, think, I think it's um, being a teacher can also sometimes be a thankless job. And if uh, students come back and, I don't know, write, write him an email or a letter and just let him know that he's put you on this path, I think that is a beautiful story. And I think he'd, he'd appreciate it. So I'd maybe do that. I think um, it's a good, or maybe first get your degree and then do it. <laughs> I would more overdo it because, funny enough, um, when I applied in UJ, I applied to be an, a commerce teacher. Then, due to unforeseen circumstances and my subject, I had to change. I couldn't do commercial subjects. So I had to result into doing history. And guess what? The same teacher who inspired me teaches history. Wow. Now, we are on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> Chantal, when I first met you a couple of weeks ago, when we sat down, we had that coffee, there was so much joy that you emitted. And I can clearly see why now. Thank you very much, Brent. Yeah, I, I feel like um, you might have one of the best jobs in the world to just help South Africans be in better situations and, and get to where they want to go. Like th- th- you, You're helping young minds get to their dreams, which I think is absolutely beautiful. It is. It's, it's totally inspiring. I mean, we were actually on our way here when we were driving here. I was saying that I love what I do. I love what I do so much. But as in so many positions, when you start doing well at it, they move you more into the strategy and more into the top office. And I miss the interaction that I used to have with the students. Um, our program has grown incredibly. How um, many students do you currently have? We've got 104 currently. Um, when I started, though, nine years ago, I think we had 12 students on the program. So, you know, it's just about having touch points, being able to be in contact with the students. And I miss not seeing them as much as I used to. But... My job is amazing and the students are incredible. And I'm sometimes surrounded by what I claim to, well, I'll say, are some of the best minds in our country. I go to a lot of our alumni for guidance and advice because I don't have a doctorate and I don't have an LLB degree and I don't have a, a I'm not a CA. And I have, these, I have access to these beautiful, beautiful minds. And they're all so willing to give, to give back. So I'm very, very privileged. That's, I'm excited. I, I, I never knew so much about this foundation and the good work that it does. But I have to ask a question that I'm sure is on all my listeners' lips. Have you met the president? Yes, we've, missed, we've met the president. Yeah, of course. Are you for reals? Yes. Is he a nice guy? You know what? Can I just say, when he was saying that a teacher is able to bring himself down to the level of his students, Mr. Ramaphosa doesn't so well. Like, you can be in a room with him and you will not feel like you are... Less than. Less than. Because I don't know how he does it, but he's just so welcoming and he's a very nice guy and he's just a humble guy. Listen, listen, listen. On a a percentage of South Africans who can say, this is a very small percentage, of South Africans that can say they've met the president. And I think I'm a little bit jealous. (laughs) I'm a little bit jealous. I'd love to meet him. I'm going to come to one of your days. Maybe I can make that work. (laughs) Okay, maybe so. Um, You know, he is an incredible guy, but every second year he hosts our students he, he attends our events and he'll address the students. But every second year, 
Um, he hosts the students at his private farm called Palapala, out warm baths where. And the students have the opportunity to interact with him on a direct level. They address him and he makes time for every one of them also. He's, he's incredible on that note. And yes, we spend this wonderful weekend or couple of days at his farm, which is absolutely wonderful. Learning from the president. Yes. You speak about all these the holistic approach to mentoring students and giving them guidance and doing the counseling and giving money and all those things. But to sit down and speak to the leader of our country, that's like the cherry on top. Um, to understand a great mind like that who is is steering our ship, hopefully in the right direction. And yes, there has been a great positive change in South Africa since he's come on board. I think that that is exceptional. And I, I use the word jealous. That's a very ugly word. I'm excited for you guys because I think it, it's a, be- a really beautiful thing. The worst question to ever ask in an interview, I'm going to do it because... I need to know what lies in the future for you guys. Um, Obviously, you're going to finish your degrees. And then what? How are we going to better South Africa? Okay, I'll take that one first. So, yes, the plan is to finish that degree. That's obviously. Um, I'm currently working with an organization called Black Child Tutoring Services. It is based in the township. So what do we do? We tutor learners from grade 8 to 12. So we make sure now that because in education... How they are taught is not different because they are taught by, I'm not bad shaming, but then they're taught by older women and uh, men. So they cannot really uh, come on their level. So when they come to Black Child Tutoring Services, we try to give them the content in a more vibrant way, in a more fun way. So what lies in the future for me is to continue doing that. I literally don't see myself in a principal HOD position. I just like the chalk and the board. Ah, this is it, changing lives. And I love that because you're speaking to millennials as a millennial. So you can have that, um, the skill to communicate on a, on a level that others wouldn't. I remember back in school, you speak about older teachers and there is some ancient ones that sit there. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to relate. Um, they've been doing it for so long and they do it well. But to have someone young and spunky who you can relate to just makes it easier. Yeah, just making education much more vibrant. And in Black Child Tutoring Services, we do that absolutely well. Because I feel like actually the energy I got from CRED as them being more than sorry, they being mentors and everything. I got that energy and now I'm rubbing it on other people. It's very much contagious. Love, love, it love. I'm right. smiling from ear to ear. It's <laughs> contagious in the studio. But yeah. what's, what's next um, when we get into law and we become the next Tuli Madoncela? What is, what is the plan here? No pressure. <laughs> okay, so my plan is more than anything, I want to use my voice and the platform that I will have at that point when I have my degree and I've completed my articles and written my board exams and been admitted as an attorney to speak for the voiceless. And I think I want to do this more than ever because this year, as a final year, what we have is a practical legal training uh, course. So we have what we call law clinic. So I work in the property and evictions unit. So every Thursday from 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock, people come in and people people that are indigent, so people that cannot afford private attorneys, they come in with issues. And then that's when you realize the plight of many people, particularly black people, not knowing their rights, not knowing the law. And if you don't know your rights, then you can't enforce them. So that's where I come in and hopefully other attorneys out there, human rights attorneys come in, where we can be that person who can stand up for these people. 
carry the stories of millions and millions of other people and pass it on to people that can make or bring about changes, whether it be through policies or other ways of bringing about change so that people are, know about their rights. It has been an absolute honor sitting with you in studio. I have no doubt that the next generation in South Africa is going to do the most incredible things. And that generation is you. I see a bright, bright future for our country. And it gives me goosebumps. You can see it there. And makes me so incredibly hopeful. South Africa has found itself in turbulent times. And the reality is with bright minds like yours, tomorrow looks a lot brighter. So I'm, I'm very excited and it's been an honor having you in studio. Thank you for having us. Chantal, uh, just quickly, if, if the listeners want to get more information, if they want to, um, f- I don't know, throw money at you or meet the president, do what do they do? <laughs> Support us and you'll have the opportunities. But certainly you can follow us on our Facebook page. We fall under Cyril Ramaphosa Foundation and we have the Cyril Ramaphosa Education Trust um, on Facebook and on Twitter. Our website is um, Cyril Ramaphosa Foundation. It's a mouthful at any given time. But yeah, we encourage any sort of partnerships, any sort of collaboration. Like I'm saying, it's not always about the finances. It's about being able to spend time with great minds like this and develop and work with the future of South Africa. Well, if any of the students are getting into media or journalism and I can help in any way, I'm here. So let me know. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Incredible. What a a great show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm leaving today feeling a lot more happy and excited about the future of our country. And I'm wishing you and our listeners only good things. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm Brent Lindeke, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.